You look a little sluggish out there, boy. I better open you up. <gasps> Dad? What? I'm sorry. I could never build a robot this awesome. I'm a fraud. So, you fought all those robots? Affirmative. That is so cool. You really think so? Yeah. Any point extra can throw some nuts and bolts together. You risked your own life, even though you're the sole provider for a family of five. I am the luckiest kid in the world. And I'm the luckiest. Round two. Oh, no, Dad. <gasps> that robot has given birth to a man. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review one of my favorite later season episodes. Again, I really, really enjoy this one. Always have enjoyed it. It is episode FABF04. I annoyed Grunt Bot. A.K.A. I don't, but I'm Dando. <laughs> I'm Guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm always a little iffy about <laughs> the use of annoyed grunt in headlines. Yeah. We all know it's dull. Just write dull. Yeah, I guess it's just an inside joke because that's how they always write it in the scripts. I guess it must be. Okay, well, that makes sense then. Still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does make it like a tongue twister and it's confusing. It's like, what are, you, what are you going on about? Just just say, I understand what you're saying. But yes, this is an episode that I was looking forward to getting to because I didn't realize it actually came so late. I could have bought this as like a season 12, 13 era episode. I always remember, I always really enjoyed it. I think it's because I had a big love of Robot Wars, even at the time <laughs> when this first aired. So this aired in early, early 2004. So Robot Wars, I know it's still on TV now, maybe it's just finished recently, but it was it was big like, in Australia at the time, mm-hmm. Robot Wars. I loved it. I watched it nearly every week when it was on. And to see The Simpsons bring Robot Wars, I thought, oh, this is, this is awesome. This is cool. It's, it's legit now. They've, they've legitimized it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I still used to watch it back when it was on, in Australia, I believe it was on Fox Kids. Which was like the the station that had uh, shows like I don't know it was, it was almost like the shows that weren't as popular as the Nickelodeon shows, but they were still okay cartoons. Okay. It wasn't Cartoon Network, but it was on Fox Kids, and um, it used to have the uh, Craig. It was the Craig Charles era. So it was Worker and Parasite style cartoons. Oh no, that's better than that. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> but it was um, but yeah, it was. I, I loved Robert Wars, and it was something I used to watch with my my old man as well. With my dad, it was, there's not many things I can watch with my dad. Uh, growing up, that I watched with my old man, The Simpsons, mm. Wrestling, and Robot Wars. They were our three big ones. We loved Robot Wars. That and, sounds uh, like a good combo to have to watch with. Yeah, the old yeah, man, man stuff <laughs> and um, <laughs> sweaty men in underwear. But I just uh, I've always really enjoyed this episode, and I, I did not disappoint. I thought it was a nice Homer Bart story, and Homer just genuinely trying to be a good dad and trying to support Bart. And I thought it had a good balance between the two different stories. He had Lisa with the, with the and Marge with the, with the cats. It was nice to see that the stories don't have to always intertwine. Yeah. It's just two separate stories that are just coinciding with each other. And I thought they played it off really well. It felt very traditional sitcom in that sense of the A plot and B plot. And they didn't, yeah, as you said, they didn't have to intertwine, didn't have to co-align or anything like that. It's just like two different storylines are happening in the episode. We're going to cut back to this one now, see what happens. But uh, yeah, primarily it's robot-based this episode. I was never... a a huge robot wars kind of guy, but I knew yep. about it and I knew it existed. And you would have been in your mid twenties by that point, right? Yeah, so probably. I was waking up from a hangover. It's like, ah, that's too much noise. You were out dancing, jump around, and everything. So that is correct. Mm. <laughs> but still, it's, it's a, it was. I just loved. 
I love seeing the disappointment on the kids' faces when their robots got fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I put so much effort into this and it gets, you know... Destroyed. Destroyed in like 15 seconds. <laughs> I, we used to have this guy that lived across the road and I still never knew his name. I always said hello to him whenever I was there. He lived there for the, like 10 years of my life. Never said hello, never spoke to him as in like introduced myself, but I always said hello. Hmm. But he always at the front of his uh, house and the driver had a crash derby car and he'd be at the front fucking working on this thing for hours, fixing it all up. Then he'd go to the crash derby in Avalon and fuck it up and bring it back and be fucked up again. I'm like, why do you waste your time doing this? Like, you mean the- like a demolition derby? Demolition derby, crash yeah, derby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he would go to Avalon Raceway, smash it all up in a big race and crash and bang, bang, bang and come back and it'd be all fucked up, tyres missing, smashed windows. And he'd spend months fixing it up and then go smash it up again. Yeah, it's nothing better than you know building something <laughs> solely to destroy it. You know, yeah, did you ever so. do that when you, when you were a kid? You'd, you know... Have your little wooden blocks or whatever. You just sandcastles, yeah, or a sandcastle, yeah. But you know, you'd build something and just take your time. And, oh, look at this! Oh, what a beautiful piece of work! Smash! But it had to be you that was smashing. If someone else smashed it, you were furious. Oh, absolutely, you were. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Not good. You, you do the time, you get to do the crime of smashing it. <laughs> Getting back to your your discussion about the traditional sitcom setup here, the two different stories. Yes. It felt very old school Simpsons because. Usually with the old school Simpsons that have the separate stories going and a way to get all the family together would be they'd be having breakfast over the, the kitchen table or whatever and they're like, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing this. And so that's one way of getting them all together and sort of that was their way of intertwining it. This episode used the funerals of the cats to mm. have the family intertwined, which I thought was a nice little touch as well. Now, it had been a while since I'd seen this episode, so I'd forgotten yep. the the B plot or the cat I plot. actually forgot that Snowball <laughs> 2 got killed as well, yeah. Yeah, so... And, and then with Snowball 3, it's like, oh... And then, uh, what was the next one? Uh, Coltrane. Coltrane, yes. That's a, Coltrane, a very that's right. cool cat name, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't see the um, uh, multiple cat deaths in this uh, episode coming, and I was a little surprised, but I really like both storylines. Of course, yeah, as I said, it's the it's primarily the robot one, but uh, yeah, good fun all around this episode. I was, I was very, very pleasantly surprised, i got to say. I thought going in, eh, it's going to be okay, and... It was more than okay. Yeah. Some people would be pissed off with the ending, that it was just sort of... And even the reference to Armin Tam's airing with Principal Skinner and stuff, breaking the fourth wall. But I remember as a kid, I liked it because I liked the status quo. Yes. I was like, ah, oh, it just feels like it's back to normal again. And it feels like this is the second time they've done this in a ha- in a matter of episodes, hasn't it? When did yes, they do well, it? Well, oh, they did it with the... um. Was it last week with the Marge versus... Was it last week? Gays, teens. Yeah, because at the end, because the everyone got sick and then the, it was like, now everything's back to the way it oh, should be. be. Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah. They, 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 I don't feel like they need to keep referencing it. Just we, we, are, we are aware that it has, it's a sitcom. It goes back to the status quo. You have to keep making the same joke. Twice in two episodes is a bit much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, did you realise that this was actually based on a Twilight Zone episode? What? The story of it. Yeah, apparently it's based on a Twilight Zone episode called Steel. Oh, I... It's about a boxing robot steal. Set in the near future, the premise is that a human professional boxing a human professional boxing has been banned and replaced by Android Boxing. The story follows a once famous human boxer who works as a manager for an antiqu- antiquated Android while struggling to come up come to grips with his career, having been overtaken by machines. Ah. Well, that sounds like it was also ripped off by the I think it was the twenty eleven. Hugh Jackman movie called Real Steel. Real Steel. Okay, is that what that's about? Okay. Yeah, that's about boxing robots as well. You know, human uh, prize fighting has been outlawed and now it's 
Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Was that a good movie? I always looked at it and went, I will watch this one day, and this never did. It wasn't bad. Okay. Yeah. That's, it was a bit sort of cheesy, um, and it was trying a bit hard to be one of those like mid-80s Spielberg movies. Like, it's fun for the whole family, but, you know, it's mostly for young dudes. And um, But I kind of liked it, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, yeah, and this is a, a little reminiscent of that as well. So I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten about the – or I didn't know about the Twilight Zone still – sort of um, connection, which is interesting, yeah. Yeah. I I just liked, um, getting back to Homer as well, I just thought Homer, again, was a nice, good dad in this. He wasn't... He, he references the fact that he's, yeah, I've been pretty unreliable at the end, but mm. nowhere in this episode was he unreliable. No, he went the extra yards. He, he Even, went the he, extra like, he mile. He genuinely tried, he, he tried to build the bike and everything. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, the first time I get a, um, uh, a buzzsaw to the forearm... <laughs> In robot oh. wars, I'm like, fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yes. But no, he kept going. Props to Homer. Look, and the way it ended, actually, it's, I think it's the very ending of this episode. It's something that I want to talk about because it's something mm-hmm. that I really quite appreciated. Just the way they say, I like you, son. I like you too, Dad. It's like, you hear I love you a lot. And it's a, it's a nice thing to hear. It's a nice thing to say. I remember... Being in a relationship with someone, I remember being in a relationship with someone. That was nice. No, no. I remember being in a relationship with someone and saying to them, I like you. I really, and it's great because I mean, it's great to love someone, but also, I don't know if I'm making a lot of sense here. No, no, you're making complete sense. Yeah. 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 Liking them sort of is going part and parcel. It's like saying, you're awesome. With love, but it's like, I really like hanging out with you. Yeah, it's not just I, it's not just I love you. It's yeah, you're fun to be around all the time. Yeah, it's a tremendous compliment to pay to someone that you're in a, that you're in a romantic relationship with, or just or a familiar relationship, or any kind of relationship. It's good to hear. I like you, dude. I like hanging out yeah. with you. It's good. <laughs> the thing is, it's also sometimes it's not easy for a father and son to say I love you to each other. Mm-hmm. But I like you is sort of the way of going. I love you without having yeah. to actually say it. <laughs> I, I remember my mum prompting my dad and I to tell it, that tell each other we loved one another. And we were kind of like, yeah, of course we do. Yeah. Don't make me say it. Don't make me say it. He knows. Dad's like, he knows. <laughs> I'm like, I do know. And he knows it too. <laughs> Go away, mum. <laughs> you just don't get it, mum. We, we don't like you. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You we're not so sure about. No. <laughs> But no, I, I really don't. I, I thought that was a lovely ending to the episode in that regard. And plus, you had the the music cue as well. I don't think we've heard that music cue of the the happy, mm-hmm. satisfying. Yeah, yeah. It's used at the end of like Lisa on ice and things like that when mm-hmm. Bart and Lisa are skating together. And it's just the oh, this this is pleasant. This I'm I'm being yeah. sent home happy here. The the sappy yeah version of the Simpsons thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to always end with a laugh. It's just oh, this is nice. Yeah, send you out with a smile. Hey, my favourite. What was your favourite moment from I Annoyed Gruntbot? I went a little wild with the green highlighter this time around. There's a lot okay. that I liked in this. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah. Actually, no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't green highlight I Like You, sir. But I did like it. So <laughs> but you liked it. You've already explained that anyway. Yes, yes indeed. So let's move on. Um, I shouldn't go. I shouldn't name all of these because we'll go forever and we'll talk about them during the episode. Pick, pick, pick three. Pick three. Okay, then. Um... I thought there was really good energy in the opening scene. Just the mm-hmm. very opening moment of Millhouse sort of running around. It's a bit Ferris Bueller-y. I just thought he, I just got hit very silky skills and it's cool. Very well directed this episode. Yes, yeah. And you can just sometimes you can just tell that they put a bit of a bit of effort into oh, 
oh, okay, that's yeah. an interesting angle or this is an interesting shot or whatever. Well, they've, they've animated that well. So, yeah, I like that very much. I thought that was great. Um, I got a big laugh out of the spring-loaded first aid kit for some reason. I just you, you knew where it was going, but it didn't matter. You did, but it was so well done. Yeah, I really... The sound, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that, uh, that made me laugh a great deal. And something I enjoyed very much uh, at the end, Frink and Little Frink. I love how Little Frink just mimicked his dad's movements. Always, everything. Yes, I've got yeah. that as well. Yeah. That was very cute. So yeah. uh, <laughs> a, a lot of enjoyment out of that. There are other bits that I liked, but hey, I'll talk about those when we go through the episode. Dando, what did you enjoy? What were your well, favourite you, bits? You, you named one of mine there, but I also really dug. So Homer, <laughs> the, the Oreo cookies as the buttons for the, for the remote. <laughs> but like, but I just love the, the, the commitment from Homer. So he's like, okay, it's a robot. So it's got to make a sound. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I really enjoyed Bart's, I've been studying the weak spot. Oh no, the weak spot's now the strongest point. <laughs> but yeah, I just really enjoyed the fight sequences. I thought they were all really well directed and there's cool music throughout the episode. And- that that was, I mean, like I said, I never really watched a lot of Robot Wars, but I was sort of familiar with it. I'd see the odd ad for it or just clip it every now and then. And it yeah. always had like either new metal or hardcore techno. Just going down. <laughs> so yeah, though I liked how faithful they were to that. The song that was played when Homer was fighting Frink's robot was called In a Bag by a artist called Static X. Oh. I've heard of Static X, but I haven't an American heavy metal band. Formed in ninety four. Hmm. But yeah, always heavy metal or techno. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, that is our favorite moments. It is now time for some trivia. But, Mr. Davis, before we get into our trivia, yes. we must say that this episode of Four Figure Discount is brought to you by our $20 patrons. We have Andrew Zer, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Jonathan Rossi, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Christopher Darby, Timothy Belson, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman Ritchie, Katie G, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, George McMenemy, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Grandskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. Also, shout outs to our, well, before that, Mr. Davis, before we get to other shout outs, applause for our $20 patient. Thank you so much for your ongoing support. We love each and every single one of you. But also, shout outs to our latest members of the Four Finger Discount family Jack McCarthy, Wesley Klepfer, uh, Mr. Keith Nedham, who had to, uh, Drop down to the, the $8 patronage, but we love you anyway, Mr. David. Uh, Mr. Nedham, you are one of the originals here on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. You're an absolute an champion. Yeah. Uh, Bo Wills and I'm not sure about this one. Welsh Homo. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're called. Everybody's <laughs> welcome in the Four Finger Discount yeah. family, even Welsh Homos. If you want to be a part of the Four Finger Discount family, you just got to go to patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast, where for as little as a single dollar we do, you can join the Facebook group, get access to our Simpsons audio commentary of the movie, and plenty of other podcasts as well. For one single dollar we do, hmm. patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for some trivia. Now, my first question is, can I kick off? Do you mind if I kick off? Uh, Yeah, okay. Where are, in the very first scene of the Robot Wars, we see a father and son win, and they win appetizers for a certain place. Where are the appetizers for? Is it Fuzzy Zeller's Green Blazer? Eatery or something? Green Jacket Steakhouse. Green Jacket Steakhouse. (laughs) I know a Fuzzy Zeller. Um, Speaking of the first fight in Robot Wars... Mm. Who wins it? 
Who wins the Robot Rumble? Oh, I wasn't paying attention to that. Damn it. What was it? The robot's name was Chop Screwy. Chop Screwy. Great. Great name. <laughs> My first question to you. Yes, well, you just asked me one, right? Didn't I? <laughs> you just asked me a question, and the answer was Chop Screwy. Oh, golly, yes. Sorry. I felt, I, <laughs> it, no, it felt like a conversation that was flowing on from the previous thing. So, yeah. <laughs> eh, okay. Your second question. Go for it. No, no, no. You go. You go. <laughs> no, no, no. What was the name of the first robot that Homer and Bart fight? Oh. You, you would say this is somebody who brings it down, brings down a party. They say something like, oh, you're a real... Well, bummer, downer, killjoy. Similar. It's got the word kill in it, but something else at the start. Uh, that's a that's a real buzzkill. Buzzkill, buzz yes. Thanks for that. <laughs> I got there eventually. Thanks very much to you leading me all the way now, through. Hit me with your first question. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh god. <laughs> early, early onset. Oh dear. Um, the tassels. Yes. For uh, the for the bike uh, or, or in the bike kit. Yep. Uh, come from where or what are they for or from? Oh, the handlebar tassels. I wasn't watching. What were they? They were Marine Corps handlebar tassels. Marine Corps. That's right. Yes. And now they're mm. going to be, I think, Kearney's mum's boobs. Put, put them on Kearney's mum's boobs. Yeah. My uh, final question is, how many rounds was the Frank versus Simpson fight? Oh, wow. That's a good question that I don't know the answer to. 231, because after the first round, he goes, only 230 rounds to go. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, let's see. I've got some other questions. What was the name of Marge's guinea pig? Oh, Cinnamon. cinnamon. I like that moment where she's like, <laughs> sometimes a moment, oh, Cinnamon, like when it kicks in. Because <laughs> it's like that. You forget that you have, you, have, you forget your pets. Or you, you, you just don't think about them sometimes. Then you do remember and you, them and you go, oh, yeah. I, oh, I miss you, Sophie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> One more question for me? Oh, I've got two more here, actually. All right, go for it. Homer has installed a chip that will make him how much more bloodthirsty? 10%, I remember that one. Okay, then. Yep. And when the crusty alarm goes off, what day and date is it? Oh. Is it the f- first of the month? It's Tuesday the 1st, yes. The 1st. I, I knew it because it was, you, you rented you or whatever. Yeah, you, <laughs> you owe me rent. Yes. And that's all, pretty much all I got for you. All right. That is trivia for I Annoyed Grundbot. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. Beep, beep, beep. Good news, everyone. Everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. The original air date of I Annoyed Gruntbot was January 11th, 2004. It was directed by Lauren McMullen and written by Dan Graney and Alan Glazier. What a last name. Glazier. Mm. Solid. There was no chalk gag, but the couch gag was the couch is a white cake and the Simpsons are squeezed out like frosting on top of it. Yes, hence the name Glazier. Oh, there you go. No, yes. probably not. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. The episode kicks off, as you discussed earlier, Mr. Davis, with Milhouse running towards the Simpson house, very excited, showing off some silky skills, carrying a package. Homer then knocks him out with the door and says, the creepy kid's here. <laughs> I've got here. It didn't really go anywhere. It was just a, a gag to have Milhouse get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so, but the thing of it was, mm-hmm. was Milhouse coming over to show the, the kit that he got and like, show it off to Bart, say, yeah, look what I've got when I'm going to put it on my for bike. For Milhouse, yeah. Yeah. And 
Bart sees it unconscious. Milhouse goes, oh, you got me a present. And Kit takes he doesn't really put up much of a fight, though, does he, Milhouse? No, but that's, that's Milhouse's MO. Yeah. Four hours later, he is found by Bart on the ground. Back up with a psycho cycle conversion kit. He puts on his bike. Did you ever have these things? Did you ever like upgrade your bike in any way? No, and this leads into something I was going to ask you a bit later. But mm-hmm. um, but no, I, I never really sort of uh, pimped my ride, so to speak. Okay, yeah. What a show, pimp my ride. <laughs> it's like the Jackass era. Jackass, pimp my ride, mm. early 2000s. But he puts the flame decal on the chain guard, Marine Corps tassels, bulletproof seat, rub-on tattoos for that special someone, biker chick. <laughs> but then next, thing, next time you see him, he's indeed... Riding like a bike chick, or just yes, or having a dink, as a dink, we, yes, as a we dink, say in yes. Australia. Sounds like a motorcycle gang, and we don't have backup. We better lay low. But chief, what if they like pizza? Way ahead of you, Lou. Mm. I was like, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> Misspelled Domino's to avoid a lawsuit, but uh... I um, I just I've, I had Domino's once, and I was like, you know what? I ain't getting this again. It's not good. No, um, and if, even for five dollars, it's not good. Yeah, and whenever I go see the lovely Louise and her family, they're like, "It's pizza night," and I'm like, "Yeah, but, can we get like pizza from an actual pizzeria, like Enzo's on Paco? Very good pizza." And like, and we want Domino's. I'm like, who, who? Wait, who wants Domino's? The kids. The kids. Yeah. Ah, oh, f- they're fucking mad. I'm saying to them, it's like, wouldn't you like good pizza? <laughs> they, they, they want Domino's. They want Domino's. That is. Puzzling. Yeah. I've never heard anyone say, I want Domino's. <laughs> oh, well. You picked them. <laughs> Your kids. <laughs> Too late now. Can't get them back. No, you no. get Flanders, who thinks it's a bitch and bike. It's out of character for Ned, but I laughed a lot at that. Bullies and approach. And they make fun of Bart Milhouse and the baby bike brigade. Mm. I like this. Uh, oh, no, they've got big boy bikes. <laughs> well, when did you graduate to a big boy bike? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I actually had this exact note. I was like, I remember when you actually made the upgrade when it had the gears and you felt like a real big boy. <laughs> Everyone was big on Huffies when I was about, I don't know, 10 years old. Everyone had a Huffy bike. And I remember I had the Huffy and someone stole it at the front of our house. I was at the front. Went out the front to go get it, and it was gone. Mm. And I remember finding it like two days later at the local skate rink, just oh. mangled. Oh like, no! They just it was like took stolen it for a joyride. Oh. Took it for a joyride and just mangled it. And I just remember, ever since then, always being really just like protective of my shit. <laughs> Understandably so, yeah. But I remember because we we weren't very we were not wealthy when I was growing up we were quite poor so to get a Huffy bike like mum saved for a long time I remember I remember feeling I wasn't angry I was more sad and ashamed that mum had spent all this money on this bike and I fucking left it at the front and it's just in like in the hood I grew up in North Lane I've cried anyone from Geelong knows that's don't that's leave your shit out yeah <laughs> Hard your wives, hard your kids, and hard your husbands. <laughs> and hard your healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing was, and here's, here's true confession time. I, yeah. I didn't actually start riding a bike until I was in my teens. I don't know why. A bike at all? Yeah. For some yeah, reason, yeah. When I was a little kid, I never, you know, rode around on a... Did you have roller skates or something? Or? I did have skates, but, yeah, I, I mainly Just walked. walked. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yep. But what uh, is this? What is this premise you're discussing here? Walking? I know. Odd. I really should get back into that shit. Uh, Can I just say before you continue? Anyone out there? If you're stressed or if you're feeling a bit down with the world or something's not quite right, 
Put your phone in your pocket on mute and go for a walk. Don't look at your phone, just go for a walk and embrace the surroundings. You'll appreciate it. Yes, indeed. Or if you must take your phone with you, uh, I don't know, play some cool relaxing music or something that'll... But just don't just don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. Oh, goodness. Yes. No, 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 no. But continue. Tell us your story. Uh, no, it was not much of a story, but it probably wasn't until I was in my early teens, maybe like mm. like 14 or 15, yep. that I was like, I should probably start riding. It'd be nice to get around a little more. You know, these, yeah. these, these feet businesses for squares, man. All, all, <laughs> all your friends are like, oh, just, who's dinking guy today? I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, hey, mate, so, when I was 13, 14, I was still learning how to not wet the bed, so. <laughs> so I remember the one day I'm like, Dad, I mean, I, I think I got like one of my sister's old bikes and I was riding that around occasionally and yeah. all that shit. But I was like, Dad, you know what would be really good as a new bike? <laughs> it's like a bike. And so, my old man was a bit of a gambler. He liked the horses. Yeah, you've said this. He used to take you to the to the races, right? He did on occasion. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a meet that day. Listened to it on the radio. Goes, tell you what, if this race goes all right, we'll go down to the bike shop on the Whoa, corner. What a memory! And I'm going, come on, number six or whatever. It was. <laughs> <laughs> and it won. And that's where it began. That's where and the that's gambling where it won. So yeah, we went to the went to the bike shop at the um, I think it was at like the corner of um, Church and Minerva. Church and Minerva. Okay. Yeah, there was a bike shop there back there then, and um, I've only ever known that to be the news agency. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, got a, a a black ten speed. Wow, well, yeah, I, 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 I rode the absolute shit out of that thing. I've been one of those things. Yeah, it's great. I remember like always having a bike up until I was like I don't know, maybe seventeen, eighteen. Once I could drive, I just didn't ride mm. a bike anymore. I just didn't see the need. Now I go. To, I always say to myself, I've got to get a bike. I've got to get a bike. I've got to ride to work. I've got to ride. To, I'd love to ride a bike. I just haven't done it yet, but yeah. I, this this watching this scene here where they had the first gear and everything just brought back some memories of yeah. that first time when you click into gear and you're like, I can ride up a hill now. Oh yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, good times. I, I, yeah, I won't say it was some of the happiest times I've but Jesus, I loved. I I really loved riding when I was a teenager. I thought it was just, I felt this incredible sense of freedom. Freedom. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It was marvelous. Really, you really get away dope. from the crime scene faster. And- True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mooning people as I, you know, yeah, as, as I rode it. away. That's this is um very much like a guy asked old Bobby for a new bike. He asked Homer for a new bike. Bart does here. Much says no. <laughs> well, which is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> He's, oh, and the, the the theory of and I'm like I I agree with Marge here. His old bike's fine. I'm like, yeah. yep. I, I've heard my mum say that a few times. His old <laughs> one's fine. He doesn't need a new one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, true. But I but want a new one. Want, That's the thing yeah. I want. Yeah. Uh, as is where Bart gets the idea. Well, if my old one doesn't work, then I will get a new one, right? Yes. No questions, questions asked. asked. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he has a little moment here with the bike. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. We've had some good times. Whoa, a Mercedes. Throws it in front of, of Hibbert's Mercedes. Did you hear what he said here, Hibbert? What the hell, Berry? <laughs> so Halle Berry... She was like the biggest star in the world in 2004, right? Or maybe a little bit earlier, maybe 2002, 2001. About the Swordfish era, she she became a yes, big deal. Yeah, um, yeah, because she was around in the 90s, of course. And wasn't start- she in Last Boy Scout? She was indeed. Yeah, Last, was Last Boy, Boy Scout. Scout? Yeah. yeah, Last Boy Scout, Boomerang, few others here and there, and yeah, just working, working, working. And then, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think it was around Swordfish where. She ushered a lot of young men and maybe some young women into adulthood. 
with a particular scene. Um, I'm trying to remember when she won her Oscar. I think it might have been... What was it for? It was for a movie called Monster's Ball, starring Billy Bob Thornton and Heath Ledger. Oh, Jesus. It's got... An- no, I know Which that has scene. got a very <laughs> raunchy scene. Make, make me feel a good scene. Indeed, yes. That may have been around 2001 or 2002. So that was I think prob- that was 2003, that movie. Let's have a look. Oscar win. Halle Berry. Well, hang on. I think No, I think it was 2001. Oh, she, she, she won it in 2002 and must have been 2001, the film. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because it was a big Oscars for the African-American acting contingent because Denzel Washington won Best Actor for Training, Training Day, Day and Halle Berry won Best uh, Actress for Monsters Ball. So, go. yeah, Halle Berry, very big at this time. I only watched Training Day for the first time like two years ago, and I was like, how the fuck did I not see this for like 20 years? This that movie's the goods, man. It's- man, it is the goods. Like, legit. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but has thrown the bike in front of the, uh, the Mercedes, and Hibbert says he'll pay for it. And we see here, whilst he's saying that, Snowball 2 jumps out of Lisa's arms. If you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even see it. Mm. As Hibbert drives off, bang, he hits uh, poor Snowball. But before that, though, we get a little reference to Cool in the Gang. Cool in the Gang, yes. The yes. Air yes. Celebration's over, boys. <laughs> Snowball 2, I can't believe you're gone. I wrote this poem for you. It's called Cat Math. Four paws plus one tail plus nine lives equals one special cat. One special cat minus nine lives equals one sad little girl. Oh. <laughs> It's actually quite sad when she's reading this poem. Cat math, is a, for cat math is very sweet and very sad. Yeah. I mean, no kid, and as Bart says here, no kid wants to outlive their pet. It's true. I'm sorry. I've, I've had a lot of friends recently. Mm. It was almost conspiratorial that maybe three or four people had like their dogs die in the space of two weeks or something. Oh, shit. Yeah. And, and plus, as mentioned in this program, I you know, took the lovely Louise's mother's cat into the vet to usher it usher it out of the this world and into the next. I'm not sure if it was on this one, maybe one of our other shows. You, well, you, you mentioned it anyway, yes. Indeed, yes. But uh, my good friend Mike Bartlett wrote a tremendous, tremendous article for The Guardian about um, uh, the loss of his... Put, put your helmet on, folks. Put your hat on. Mike's not that well known. He's a very good writer. <laughs> I know. I'm and, just and, joking. And I'm should joking. be more well known. <laughs> so yes. like, my good buddy Halle Berry came over. <laughs> but um, my friend Mike Bartlett uh, wrote a piece for The Guardian about the loss of his dog and how it affected him and his wife and their two daughters. It's a really beautiful piece. Uh, I Mike, recommend Mike you- Bartlett. Mike right. Bartlett. Yep. And Mike being Mike, he spells Mike with an M-Y-K-E. Okay. But- He's an actually a very cool gentleman who can pull it off. <laughs> and he's got a good name as well. Doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely played, Dando. We, we now return you to iDobot already in progress. Yes. So check that. I'm sure if you can just Google that article, right? Can you, Google you can it? indeed. Just, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Maybe post it in the Patreon group. But Marge, remember Cinnamon as well. Homer comforts them both and then gives Sands a little help with the old kid to kick the dirt onto <laughs> the grave. He comforts as best he can with... You're both right. Yeah, you're both right, yes. <laughs> We're now at the bike shop. and <laughs> Vicious cycle. <laughs> he tells Bart here, you know, you can... And, and who's, who's to... Oh, well. Well, the wise guy. Wise guy. <laughs> yes, wise guy makes an appearance. Yes, he says, oh, I can. For a small assembly fee, I can build this one. Oh, here we go. With the fees. <laughs> well, except the fleece. I'm sorry. I, I bought a bike not long ago. Came in a box. I'm like, I'm not, um, no, no, no. I'm not doing this. I'm taking this down to the bike shop and the bike guys are going to assemble this for me. I don't, I don't give a fuck. There's two reasons why. A, it's just easier. 
right? Yes. And B, if it breaks, it's their fault, not yours. Well, true. And also, if you're riding a bike and the front wheel comes off, no. Lawsuit. <laughs> Lawsuit, <laughs> but also, I just don't want that to happen. If you got the guys at the shop to build your bike and you rode it 10 blocks on down to the shops and rode back and the front wheel fell off and you fell over and hurt yourself, would you hold them accountable? Yes. So would I. It's definitely their fault. It's definitely their fault. Handball the blame. Always handball the blame. <laughs> the best way to get through life. So uh, Bart says, you know, you can't do this, Dad. Like, think of the bike. Like, he's like I, bu- I built you, didn't I? Yes, look at this. And he's double-jointed. He's going to win him a lot of bar bets one day. Then Homer cuts to Homer confused in the garage, similar to when he was building the barbecue. What the hell is this? <laughs> and it's the, it's the wheel. <laughs> Bart then wakes up and he thinks he's found the bike. I like this. Bike's over there. I was <laughs> <laughs> asleep on the chair. But it looks like he's actually done a pretty good job with it. I really appreciated how proud Homer seemed with Bart riding uh, at the door. I was like, you're the greatest dad. And Homer's like, yeah, I did this. This is me. This is all me. So he goes and sees the bullies and he's bragging about his bike and he, uh, he moons them. <laughs> Poor I've old never, dog. I, I, don't th- I don't think I've ever mooned anybody. Have you ever mooned somebody? I just don't think I have. Probably as a young person. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> um, I did. But even, but not a, but not a stranger. No, definitely not a stranger. Um, oh, if I did a stranger, it's like you first get your license. Um, there's a few of you in the car, or you know, the first time you, you and your friends have got your license. Ask out the window, school bus. Yeah, yeah. That's, you give them a bit of a pressed ham or something like that. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have done that. But generally, no. You you moon people you know. I got ultimately mooned. Once I remember being at the red light, there's these guys next to us, obviously P players, young guys. This would have been five, six years ago. Not only was this guy's ass pushing against the window, well, his window wasn't down, his ass was pushing against the window, but his scrotum was also pushing against oh, the window. Oh, you got a nice fruit bowl. I was like, it's the, it's the whole package. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, we. And it's like, I could see it there, and I'm like, I'm not going to let them win. No. I'm not going to look. Not <laughs> going to acknowledge. I, not to get too gross. But there was always someone in your friend or acquaintance group who took the mooning a bit too far and actually, like, did a brown eye. Yes. It's like, (laughs) we we don't need that, dude. No spreading. No spreading. Yeah, the arse is enough. The arse is insult enough. (laughs) Yes. It was almost like they weren't quite sure what a moon was. Yeah. They just went the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, it's like, like, well, if I'm going to be doing this, I might as well, you know, I'm I'm not not here to make friends. So it's like, what? No! It's, it's like, ha ha, oh, oh. <laughs> It's like, ah, oh, youthful hijinks. Oh, shit, trauma. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> I, com- I completely, completely suppressed all those memories until that, like, my moment. Thank you for that. Yeah, no worries. Here to help. <laughs> uh, I remember, actually, should I go for the, should I tell this story? Let go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> It's for the patrons. I've mentioned on this podcast, I believe it was this one, that we used to have the ultimate KFC birthday parties at the Dando household. KFC, mm-hmm. buckets of KFC, uh, boxes of KFC, sorry, and chips and stuff. And it would always be like 15 to 20 people sleeping in our living room, just sleeping bags everywhere, you mm-hmm. know, 14-year-olds, 13-year-olds. <laughs> There's this one guy called Fitzy. His name was Josh, but Fitzy, right? Yes. And he was the guy that you dared to throw rocks on roofs. And he was the guy that people just, not picked on, but just he was the he was the punching bag of, yeah. of, of the group, right? One time he's laying there and he's asleep and there was this one guy. I won't... I got, this story's just going to end badly, I can tell. <laughs> it's not good. It's going to end messily. <laughs> he 
the original plan was he was going to fart in Fitzy's face when Fitzy was asleep. We're going to wake him up. And Fitzy wakes up no, and Michael he farts Coleman, in his face. Don't do it. And Michael Collins like, all right, so he stands over him, right? Then he pulls his pants down over his face, right? He's probably, I don't know, within six inches of his face. And he's like, all right. I can't take it. And he's like, he's like I've got to fart, I've got to fart, I've got to fart. When you, when you wake him up, I'll, I'll fart, right? That was the plan. So what happened was someone like tickled Fitzy's ear. He sits straight up, face right up the up Michael Collins' ass. Oh, no. Michael, and Michael, just because of instinct, just the fart comes out straight. Like, like Fitzy's face is in the ass of Michael and he farts on his nose. It was like, mm. it was one of those moments where everyone just goes, <gasps> oh, no. <Yeah. laughs> it was like, I think the line, see it over there? We've yeah. gone over it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was a moment where we just went, maybe it's time we grow up. <laughs> I thought that story was going to end worse. That's still not a great ending. That's yeah, still was- not a, a good outcome, but I thought it was going to end worse. I thought Michael yeah. Colliver might follow through. Oh, no, 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 he didn't. No, but, like, I just remember the plan was to fart, and it ended up with a fart, but, like, yeah. onto bare skin. As we've discussed on this podcast before, for some reason, I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Farting onto somebody, when you feel the fart, it's like, oh, my God. Now I've got shit particles all over me. Yeah. The worst thing ever. <laughs> Imagine someone farting directly onto your mouth. No! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there you go Dando's birthday parties Remind me Don't invite me <laughs> I will not invite you But yeah So the, Bart's bike falls apart But you know He's riding a unicycle With his pants down It's every kid's dream But it all falls apart Goes to ship And they make fun of him His dad's not handy <laughs> dad's not handy This is where we get Homer's homemade First aid kit Which is spring loaded For fast access <laughs> Son, are you okay? I brought a homemade first aid kit. It's spring loaded for quick access. Go! Cut back from commercial and Bart is watching Robot Rumble on the testosterone network and the father and son win some free appetizers and I thought they really just nailed the Robot Wars vibe. With the they commentators did. and the music and the, just the visual of everything. The commentators were fantastic. This was very yeah. reminiscent. I'm, I can't remember when the movie Dodgeball came out. 2004. Yeah, so it's very reminiscent of the, of uh, Gary Cole and Jason Bateman as the two announcers in that, which gave us the immortal line. Bold strategy. strategy. Let's see how it plays it out. Pays off. Let's see if it, <laughs> let's see if it pays I, off. Let's, yeah. let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> <laughs> that is like... Peak of comedy. <laughs> like Bateman could not have said that any better. Yeah, that's really, they're, really they're, good. They're forfeited. Well, it's a bold strategy. Let's see if it pees up for them. <laughs> uh, but I really like these two announcers. I thought they... Yeah. <laughs> With commentary teams, I feel like any more than two is too much. You've got to oh, have yeah. a, good, a good duo. Yeah. More than two, it's just like, ah, it's too much. To, uh, I don't know who's who. Just give me two people who can banter with each other and have a good old-fashioned mm. chin wag. Yeah, and... You know, if you can throw a few, if you can coin a few catchphrases, I reckon that's really good value. Yeah. There yep. was, oh, damn it, I, I need to remember that. I think one was called Dan Patrick. There mm-hmm. were there were two American guys. I okay. can't remember the other guy's name, but they were like, they were renowned for like throwing in weird catchphrases and oblique kind of references. Like, but um, I think one of them was like, I like your ideas and I want to subscribe to your newsletter. That's, well, that's, that's from The Simpsons. Is it? I th- I'm pretty sure. Is it? Uh, this- or, um, Homer says, your ideas are intriguing to me and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Hmm. So maybe maybe it's a copy of that. I thought I always thought The Simpsons made that up. Okay. Oh, interesting. Well, <laughs> again, kids, do your research before you actually record the episode. <laughs> but that just came to me then. So I just, uh, but it's something we might look up. 
Dan Patrick co-host. I'm just Googling it now. Hmm. Uh, and I want to say Keith someone. Keith Olbermann. Keith Olbermann and Dan Patrick. Yep. Was it Sports Centre? Sports Centre, yes. Yeah. How Dan Patrick and Keith Olbermann's Sports Centre hmm. uh, changed TV forever. But apparently they're like, you know, calling NFL games or something or NBL games and Patrick or Olbermann would say things like, Whoa, take a break, Driver 8, which is a reference to a really obscure REM song. Which, oh, okay. Yeah, which, you know, you'd be listening to that, and maybe 2% of the people watching the match would go, wait, what? Did he just say what I thought he said? <laughs> Everyone else would just let it slide. But, yeah, it made these guys kind of cult heroes, to the best of my recollection, in the uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s. One of my favourite AFL Australian rules football commentators was Dennis Cometti. He always had oh, some yes. classic one-liners. And was, my favourite of all time is there was, used to be a footballer from Melbourne called Adam Uze, and his last name was spelt Y-Z-E, mm. right? And he, one time Uze was a good mark. He was like, Adam Uze, terrific footballer, terrible scrabble hand. <laughs> <laughs> He's a funny guy, Cometti. So back to Robot Rumble. And uh, yeah, the commentator's refusing to read out all the pages He's of got promos. Two, two pages of yeah, golf eatery puns. <laughs> Homer suggests that they build a robot, and Bart's like, uh, yeah, you know, you're good at some things, but probably not this. You know, you're good at eating whilst driving. Nobody gets <laughs> mad at the news than you. And even Homer knows that he's somewhat patronising him here. Yeah. Like, Bart's trying to comfort, but he's like, no. Oh. Homer feels kind of bad. But then cut to Marge Uses and Lisa. The term at- oaf. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Marge and Lisa are now at the animal shelter, and Marge is getting her advice from a book when bad things happen to cute children, <laughs> written by a rabbi who serves. Uh, all right, I'll look. Too fluffy. Too Siamese, too needy, too stuck up, infected eye, clearly a skunk. <gasps> Meow! Welcome to the family, Snowball 3. I always hated, I've only done it a few times, but going to the pound for a new a new cat. Yeah. It's like, I want to take you all home, except I don't want to take you all home because some of you look like assholes. Uh, well, I feel bad because it's like, I wonder if they really know why I'm walking through here. Yeah. I don't want to make I, them feel I think bad. Some, I think some dogs are kind of like, it's me. I'll yeah. be your best yeah. pal. And yeah. cats are kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I got I got three hots and a cot here, man. It's all right. I'm done with cats, man. I don't think, I, I don't think I'll ever get another cat. I just It just doesn't interest me. I, I know that makes me sound like a horrible person, but I'm just... I'm just dogs all the way now. I grew up with like minimum like four cats in my house. I'm just done. Okay. No, it's wholly understandable. I really enjoyed the way when Lisa finally found who she liked. She said, meow. (laughs) She then finds Snowball 3. Homer starts building his robot. There's nothing worse than that look in his son's face when he says, Dad, I don't think you can build a fully functional (laughs) robot. (laughs) And clearly he's not very handy. He blows the, the torch on himself and whatnot. And then... Robot, I command you, do something cool. <laughs> and the robot just basically falls apart. Uh, it was a really great shot here. As we mentioned the directing before, the great shot of the robot falls down and then it reveals Homer. He just looks all disheveled and the, the mm. lighting's a bit... Sh- uh, you've got a few shadows and whatnot. Yeah, I just he's got the, really uh, got, the, got the pit stains. Pit stains, yeah. I thought I did a really good job there. And then Homer's, why was I born a dad? <laughs> he then remembers Grandpa's advice. Grandpa does give some good advice. Very specific this. advice. If you can't build a robot, be a robot. This gives Homer the idea. Bart then wakes up and there's a robot there. Wowee, Homer's actually built it and he's got a note from Homer. 
if you don't, if this doesn't prove that I love you, then you can both go to hell. hell. Yeah. And Bart tries to make it fall apart. It doesn't fall apart. The buttons are Oreos, which I didn't pick up till my uh, the watch it the second time. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice touch. So the buttons are clearly doing nothing, but Homer's driving it around. But you don't know at this point that it's actually Homer inside of it. You're not, you're not aware. Uh, smashes the six pack, and then we see Homer get out, and he sucks the beer out of the shag. shag. Mm. Lisa is then getting cat food ready, singing it to the tune of the Hokey Pokey. <laughs> and unfortunately for Snowball 3, it's all over. Well, yeah, it uh, wanted, a, wanted a bit of a, a fish entree before it got its canned food and drowned in the fish tank. Very sad. I did not see that coming for, for, for Snowball 3. A good um, good reading from Yardley here. Snowball 3? Like, like it's the, mm. uh, are you okay? Oh, fuck. Uh, but then Marge says, you know, you're a Buddhist. At least you know your cat's going to be reincarnated into something cool. Yeah, like a dog or a snowman. <laughs> and Bart's like, ah, enough about this. Let's go smash some robots. So they're getting ready for their for their robot war. But unfortunately, Homer's in the toilet. And then the robot returns with a note. Dear Bart. I'd love to be with you. But I just remembered an old army buddy has come to town. We'll meet you later. Love, Dad. Well, I wish Homer was here. But don't worry, I've got a name all picked out for you. Chief Nakahomer, let's win this one for Dad. I like here that Bart is clearly proud of Homer. He clearly named him Chief Nakahomer. Like he's, he's Homer, yeah. the relationship was broken there, but Bart is proud of something that his dad's achieved. He's like, yeah, I'm going to name you, name my robot after you, Dad. And Homer in the, in the robot, bloop, 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 bloop. I like that. <laughs> fighting buzzkill. What do you think of Mo here with his two kids? It's kind of like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah we've got we've got ten seconds we need to fill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Homer gets his arm cut. It looks and sounds brutal. It does. Yeah, I would not be doing this at all. I love the the, the commentary here. Can robots feel pain? If so, we are horrible people. <laughs> but the whole bit of <laughs> killing him He's softly, killing him softly with his sock, killing him softly with his sock. Great, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you come up with something like that, it's you really want to do. You really want to repeat it. Oh, he's like, he's going to say that again. Let's say that again. Yeah. Then Homer yells out, "Woohoo!" Bart's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "I mean, beep, boop. <laughs> Lisa then goes back to the shelter and she chooses Coltrane at the shelter. Marge is like, "You sure you don't want to name it something normal like Whiskers or or Paws?" Pa- <laughs> yes. <laughs> A tribute to the great seventies uh, yacht rocker Bozgags. Yes. But yes, I, and as someone who likes Boz Gags a lot and Coltrane a lot, I laughed at poor Skaggs a lot. <laughs> Lisa just, um, she's like, no, I'm going to name my, my cat what I want. So she's named him Coltrane. Yeah. And she plays a sax for him. But unfortunately, <gasps> he jumps out of the window. Oh, yeah. Why, and why would you jump out of the window uh, to the sounds of Blue Train, one of the best jazz uh, compositions ever? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. and also jazz names are great for cats. Count Basie the cat. Yeah, true. Yeah, Guy's cat. Coltrane, you were with us only briefly, but we'll always have the ride home from the shelter. And, um, I guess that's it. Amen. And Lord, if you think I'm making lemon bars for your bake sale Sunday, you better stop killing our cats. Mom, I'm not sure God responds to threats and intimidation. It's the only way to talk to bullies. Uh, Bart then brags about his robot... And Grandpa, I think this is over the dinner table, isn't it? And Grandpa says that robots in his day, just a random moment, didn't really need to be there. True, but a nice little bit, just a little bit of business. <laughs> Grandpa knocks over the glass of water. I didn't notice that. Yeah, when he's getting all fried up, he knocks over the glass of water. Like, huh. just something happening. I, yeah. I like little bits yep. like that. I like little bits. 
Thankfully, lovely Louise does as well, right? <laughs> oh, that's good insulting. <laughs> then you get the montage of Homer fighting as the robot with, I'll post this in the Patreon group with a song by, uh, who sings the song? Yeah, what is uh, it? Bobby Goldsboro. What's it called? Scotty Grow what, Up? or Watching Gl- Scotty Grow. Yeah, yes. as opposed to Scotty Doesn't Know from Eurotrip. Yeah, so they use this song <laughs> in the season two episode, or maybe season three, um, Saturdays of Thunder, where Bart and Homer, a very similar story, Bart and Homer yeah. build the go-kart. It's got, it's got to be a knowing sort of callback to that, hasn't of it? Of course it is, yes. But I posted in the group that, listen to that song now, because Elliot's coming on four, I'm like, it actually hits home now. It's all, <laughs> it's funny how... The world changes, but the little things don't. That's yeah. Cats in the cradle, man. Silver <laughs> spoon. Yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> but yeah, great song and a great little montage there of Homer fighting as the robot. Kills off Jessica Lovejoy's robot and Ralph Wiggum <laughs> shoots him. If you've ever wanted to see a mailbox shoot a little boy. What was it called? Was it called? Yeah, was it called Ralph O'Cop? I wasn't sure, actually. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> But Bart's a bit disappointed. He's like, oh, I wish Homer was here to, to see you fight. But oh, well, you know, and Homer says, don't worry. I've always been closer than what you think. And Bart's like, what the hell? Then we get, I like the, ladies and gentlemen. Who am I kidding? Gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Homer take, is going to be taking on Smashes Clay, a.k.a. Kilhamad Ali. Aye. Yes, which is driven by Professor Frank. This looks like the robot from Robocop. This is indeed Ed 209 from Robocop. Yep. I watched Robocop for the first time about three months ago. Oh, and for real? That scene in the office, I was like, fuck! I know! It's so great! I was not prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn! <laughs> Tough break for Kinney, man. That was just bad luck. That was, he gets fucked up. I like, know. It, and it is brutal. It really is. Yeah, it's, it's, I, that movie caught me off guard. I expected it to be like a Terminator S kind of film. Then when I saw all that blood, I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it got an X but rating when it first came out. Did it really? Yeah, it yeah. deserved it. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. I love Robocop. One of the best movies of the 80s. Yeah. It's one of those ones that just, I wouldn't say epitomized 80s action, but it's just, it's one of the most iconic, isn't it? Oh, God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what would you put top three action movies or sci fi action of the 80s? Sci fi action Ter- of the 80s? Terminator, Robocop, and what's the other one? Probably. Uh, you'd call Predator, Predator, Predator sci fi action. Yeah, I'd say Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Predator. But Homer's terrified. He's like, oh my God, my recurring nightmare's coming true. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he married to? Angelica Houston. The fine actress Angelica Houston, the Oscar winner. Uh, for what, what What was she known for? I think she was mainly known, for, well, she was she was the lead witch in The Witches. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she was also hooked up with Jack Nicholson for a very long time. She won an Oscar in the mid 80s. That's the, enough for your resume. Hooked up with Jack Nicholson. Done. Yeah, I'm not even hooked up. They were like, Jack and Angelica, and they, yes, they were a yeah, huge yeah. couple for a very long time. Um, she's the daughter of the great filmmaker and actor John Huston. Oh, wow. Okay. And you find out a lot of like, famous actors and actresses had a way into the business, didn't they? It's nepotism all the way in Hollywood. Yeah. It really is. I mean, even you know names that don't sound necessarily second generation. I mean, I think- Jennifer I just, Aniston? Yeah. Her dad was like a soap opera actor. Yeah. Um, ben Affleck, apparently, like- I think his dad like worked with a bunch of filmmakers in in a different capacity or sort of knew them from around the way. So he had like a foot in the door to that regard. Yeah. I, mean, I, know, I know like Affleck and like to go with the whole, oh, we were just nobodies. We just wrote a script and then now we're famous. It's like, yeah, but you, you had a way in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not 
You wrote a great script, but you had a way. You had a way in. Yeah, but it wasn't like you know, it, it wasn't exactly. They weren't, gift, they weren't gifted. Hey, involved. hey, my. Di- <laughs> this is my son Ben. He's written a screenplay. Why don't you take a look at it? You know, <laughs> okay, you know, Sir Affleck of movie stars or whatever. No, no, yeah. I mean, but he had an in. Yeah, it's a yeah. very, very nepotism-driven business. That's why I never became a star. <laughs> one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> one day. They're watching the video of. Kilhamad Ali destroying the endoskeleton. Speaking of Terminator, mm. and I like. I you couldn't see all the names on the tapes, but I did see Circuit Ray Robinson. Oh, I, I didn't thought, see that which one. I thought okay, was pretty good. funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, don't worry. He's never come up against a wooden mallet. Homer's <laughs> about to come clean to Bart about the whole thing, and the bullies come in, and there they worship Bart. Like, oh, hey, look, it's that thing that makes us respect Bart. They all gather around and. Get gather around, guys. Dad's going to tell me something about the robot. And he says, he lies that he's installed a chip that makes it 10% more bloodthirsty. Mm. But then he makes the bullies promise that if something happens to him, they're going to look after him. Oh, I wish there was bullies like you when I was around. And a group hug. Was a little boy. Very nice. Yes. Now, no cats at the shelter want to go home with Lisa, and for good reason. <laughs> I mean, if, you, if this was happening in real life, the shelter would be like, the fuck? Like- yeah. Are, are you adopting cats simply to kill them? Yes. Are you a psycho? What- what was that documentary on Netflix that I've been told not to watch? Oh, was it Don't Fuck With Cats? Because I've never yeah. watched that either. Yeah, I've been, I've been told as an animal lover, do not watch that, that documentary. Yes, likewise. I will watch anything about serial killers or... <laughs> I don't have anything to say beyond that. I'll watch anything about serial killers. No, no. <laughs> People can generally, you know, you've got a fighting chance, even though you don't a lot of the time. Yeah. But, you know, you fuck with animals, you're a fucker. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, Nicholas showed me this meme yesterday. It's so true. It was like, a dog dies in a film, it's the end of me, but I can happily watch a documentary about a serial killer killing 12, 12 innocent people before I go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that's fine. That, that relaxes me before bed. But a movie yeah. where a dog dies, a, a movie that's not even real, can't do it. Here's the thing. <laughs> if Ed 209 had put those bullets into a dog, into a police oh, dog, no. I'd never watch, I'd never watch Robocop again. Yeah. But Kinney, you're kind of like, yeah, well, bad luck, bad luck, pal. <laughs> <laughs> to, to quote uh, the great character uh, Bob Morton from um, from Robocop, that's life in the big city. <laughs> it's such a good, it's such a good movie. I love Robocop. We have to, we, we should do like a review. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Homer and Marge now are in bed discussing their issues. Homer finds a biggie. Uh, inside of him and uses the magnet to get all the shards out of himself and it's pretty fucked up. It's very fucked Lisa, up. <laughs> Lisa's pretty sad. All of a sudden she gets a cat thrown at her by the crazy cat lady <laughs> and turns out to be a good luck kitty. How, cause no, not for Gil. Oh, not for Gil, no. Well, at first he thought it was okay and then kaboom, kablamo. Two explosions. I'm keeping you. You're Snowball 5. But to save money on a new dish, we'll just call you Snowball 2 and pretend this whole thing never happened. That's really a cheat, isn't it? I guess you're right, Principal Tamzarian. I'll just be moving along, Lisa. Snowball too. It is now fight day. And did you see on the sign, today fight Homer, well, Simpsons versus whatever. Yeah. Then knock, uh, tomorrow, kill Hamid Ali's victory party. <laughs> Bart has studied Frink's uh, robot's weak spot. Oh, it's now the strongest point. And we hear that the groan from, from Homer inside the robot. That sounded almost human. To hell it did. <laughs> Now, did you see when he's getting shaken up by Frank's robot that Maggie's in there? Yes. What was that? I was like, oh, was that meant to just be like a quick visual game? Because you don't see any reference to her in the end. And is she squashed? Is she dead? What's going on there? Yeah. Just, it seemed, I, I know what they were going for. I don't think it quite worked, though. Because like, there was no reference to Maggie being in there. I was, when I saw Maggie, I was like, oh, does she play a role in like 
turning the off switch on the other robot or something, but no, she's just there for a quick visual gag. Yeah. He sings the song, uh, watching Scotty grow up, but he's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Bart goes to fix it, fix the robot, and he finds Homer's backside. And this is where Homer comes clean. And I, I like to hear, but Dad, you've been the robot all along? And not just yes, he's affirmative yeah. in a robot way, yes. <laughs> I mean, you risked your own life, even though you're a sole provider of a family of five, I'm the luckiest kid in the world. And they're about to have a nice little moment, aren't they? It, I, it's really sweet that Bart appreciates Homer's effort like that. Yes, yeah, definitely is, yeah. And uh, round two starts, drags Homer back out there again. Bart's worried, and he's about to get killed. He's squeezed out, and all of a sudden, because he's able to be seen, the robot stops, and I like the, that's what robot has given birth to a, a man. man. <laughs> again, Sacha. <laughs> but Nicola liked that. Nicola thought it was hilarious. Oh. Yeah. Oh, once this episode finished, this is the thing, right? Nicola is someone who hasn't didn't watch many early season Simpsons. Barely watched the Simpsons in her life. She's just they weren't a very TV family. They lived on a farm. They were outside playing, right? Weirdos. I've been watching the latest episodes with Nicola by my side, and she's always just like, "Is this like the old episodes, or the new ones?" I was like, "Well, this is the era when everyone says it's not very good anymore." And she's like, "I think they're good." Hmm. So it's like, I think if you don't have anything to compare it to, yeah. It's per- fine. Perfectly good episodes, but yes. Yeah, yeah. So she she really enjoyed She thought this episode was really good, as, as as have we, of course. But yeah, so the robot is not going to kill Homer because they're programmed. It's got it's Isaac Asimov's law of robotics that will not harm a human. It will simply serve him. <laughs> but but <laughs> take <serve>. advantage now. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, does he get served. Yes, but the only um the only thing the button does is send a mild electric shock up Homer's backside to wake him up. Homer has announced the winner. And the winner is nature's greatest killing machine, man! Show me where in the rule book it says that a human can't be a robot. Right here, rule one. Well then, join us next week for more inconclusive action on Robot Rumble. I concur. Did you ever suspect it was me? Well, you did disappear a lot, but I've gone whole summers without seeing you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty unreliable. I like you, son. I like you too, Dad. Cue music and very happy ending. It was indeed a very happy ending. And a, yes. A very happy ending to a, a perfectly good episode. In fact, yes. not even perfectly, just good. It's a good episode. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? What did I learn from the episode? Never mm. assemble your own shit. Yeah, Take it to true. a professional. Yep, that's right. I learned that tassels make everything more exciting. They do. From this day forward, your names will be... All right, it's time for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 15 for I Annoyed Grunt... Uh, I Annoyed Grunt... What? That's right. It's, it's just a tongue twister to say, isn't it? It but is. But currently the board currently stands... At this, in third position, Luke McKay on seven. In second position, Garode Harrihill on eight. And in first position, Nora Coker on nine points. And as we now do here on the New Name Championship, I send Guy all the new names. He picks his favorites in the new names. And then we reveal the names to him afterwards. So there's no favorites going on. No no playing favorites. It's I was simply... never playing favorites anyway. No, there no, might have just been what... some unconscious bias. Subconsciously, yes, of course, yep. But, yeah, so give us your best for this week, Mr. Davis. What names have you chosen? Well, before we get to 3, 2, 1, a couple mm-hmm. of honourable mentions, because there were, there were a lot of good ones this time around. Yep. Uh, I was very partial to Continuity Killed the Cat. Yes, from one Jack McCarthy. There we go. Nice one, Jack. Mm-hmm. And also Pappy, 
which was a bit of a shout out to the robot movie Chappie, which was yeah, another sad movie, <laughs> kind of terrible actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but Pappy was a good alternative title for this one. Uh, that comes from <laughs> Philip Hawkins. Thank Ooh, you, sir. Nice one, Hawk. Okay, let's get into actual points. And one point goes to this is a little unwieldy, but I really liked it. Transformers. Postbox in disguise. You've got to say you got to say it like the right way though. Transformers. Postbox in disguise. And that one point goes to Philip Hawkins. Oh, an honorable mention and a point. <laughs> yes. So that puts Philip now equal third on seven points with Luke McKay. Nice one. Okay. Uh, two points and mm-hmm. two people get two points each this time around because it was okay. just too hard to separate them. It's Homer at the bot. Ooh, I like that. Play on Homer at the bat. That is Nora Coker. Ah, the Coker. Doesn't like the real thing. Three clear of the pack now on 11 points. Wow. Also getting two points. Rock'em, sock'em, dope bots. That is one Pat Wright. I believe this is the first time Pat has made the leaderboard. Yeah, so well done, Pat. Two points to you. Good one, Pat. All right, and... (laughs) This is probably going to be a bit obvious given that I've just spent a lot of time singing the praises of Robocop, but three points goes to Robopop. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes to Jordan Saville. 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 Yes, that puts Jordan on seven points, also now equal third. So it's shaken up the top leaderboard a bit now, Mr. Davis. It's good. Yeah. Well played. So now in third position, we have three people. Luke McKay on seven, Philip Hawkins and Jordan Saville all on seven. Garode Harrowhill still just in second position, one point ahead of those guys on eight. And in first position, a whopping three points ahead of the pack is Nora Coker. Well done, Nora. Nice one, Nora. Yes, well played. All right, remember, guys, if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship, you're just going to be a part of the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash fourfingerdiscount. you find the link in the description of this podcast. And you can join our Facebook group for just one single dollary do. So please do so. Support the show and be a part of the fun from next week onwards. All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for some mailbag. Jamail! Jamail is here! Ooh! All right, Mr. Davis. So, first question here from the I Annoyed Gruntbot mailbag. What's, this is from Andrew JP. What's your favorite TV game show? When I was a kid, it was amazing. Amazing was a game show hosted by James Sherry from like 90, I want to say 96 to 98. Went for like, I think four seasons, like half a, half a year was like a season. Basically, amazing was, you can find it on YouTube, the greatest game show for kids of all time. So, <laughs> I had a maze and a giant keyboard as part of the floor, and there was like two teams. It was two schools that would compete. So Monday through Friday, two kids from the school each day would be on the, like the green team or the yellow team, and each round was the first round. James would read out clues, and you had uh, 90 seconds on the clock, and you'd give out clues, and you'd have to say what it was, guess the word, and then spell it out on the giant keyboard that was part of the floor. And once both teams had done that, whatever time was remaining on the countdown, so 90 seconds down to whatever, that's how much time you had to go into the maze to find the letters of that word. And each wow. each each letter was worth like 10 points. But it was obviously sponsored by like Nintendo because you do two <laughs> rounds of that. And then the third and final round was you would compete in a Nintendo battle, whether it be a Mario Kart race or a Donkey Kong race or whatever, like a Donkey Kong. I think the Donkey Kong one was whoever had the most bananas at the end of the time or something like that. So it was very Nintendo-based and the, the desks were shaped like Nintendo controllers and stuff. But the kicker was in the final round, you weren't finding whatever two kids had the most points, got to go into the maze one more time, and they used to hide seven keys, right? 
and there was always the um the special key right that there was, there was one key that was a special key they never tell you which one it was <laughs> and at the end if you found a special key you would not only get 50 points extra for your for your school but you would win yourself a game boy and winning Holy a shit. fucking game boy in 1996 was like the peak of everything this is pretty intense it was the greatest game show in the history of fucking television. Check it out, God. listeners. <laughs> Amazing. Hosted by James Sherry, Australian game show. It is the best. I feel very sort of square in talking about the ones that I like. Because, I mean, when I was growing up, I liked, you know, the grown-up ones, like The Price is Right. I liked how everyone was really excited do, to do, be there. Do, 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 yeah. do, 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 so I, I dug that. I liked Family Feud. You were something. on Price is Right. I Price is Right. You're on um, Sale of the Century. I was sorry. on Sale of yeah. the Century. Yes. I, I just did the Sale of the Century music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as a, as a little kid, I was always very impressed by Mastermind, which yes. they've rebooted. It's now on SBS with Mark Fennell hosting it. Um, and I see some of the stuff they're talking about. It's like, this is just Trivial Pursuit. This is Mastermind. I remember, you know, Mastermind as a kid. It's like, these motherfuckers are smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And it always felt really sort of intense in a different way to amazing because it's like you know you're sitting in the chair got the spotlight on you, you I, the, the host is kind of in a bit of a shadowy distance over there and they're reading questions it's like if you don't get this right what the what could happen it always struck me as really kind of i don't know adult yeah the funniest <laughs> and, and, thing about watching game sing- show- yeah being okay. in single digits i was like that looks like a it doesn't look like fun, but it looked like this looks like an exciting challenge. I feel smarter for having watched this. Yes, show. indeed. Yes. <laughs> it's funny shows like that. Whenever you're watching, because you know, gather around the, t- the tally, children. Like when we used to gather around as a family, your dad would always be like guessing, you know, because it'd be multiple choice, <laughs> and he'd be like, "See, told you." It's like you fucking didn't know. You're just <laughs> guessing. <laughs> but yeah, I always enjoy prices right. Little yodelahoo, little yodeling oh, yeah. guy, <laughs> go off the edge. Like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> But, okay, so that is a, our answer to that question. Thank you, Andrew. We'll do a couple more from this mailbag. Okay, so Andrew Kelly says, what are some famous robots that you reckon you could take in a fight? I reckon I could take out Johnny Five from Short Circuit because you just get behind him and tip him over. Once, once he's over, he's fucked, right? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to beat the shit out of C-3PO because I hate that pretty little bitch. You really do hate him, don't I you? I don't like him. <laughs> and I, I don't to, like you I, I don't d- like it yeah I, I don't like it <laughs> I much prefer R2-D2 although I used to think well he'd be pretty easy just give him a, give him a nice little push and he's done uh, but then you know the prequels and everything else is kind of like oh no R2's got a few you know secret skills that we didn't know about and you know weird little gadgets and he can fly so yeah and not that I'd take R2 anyway because R2 was always the coolest of the bunch yeah, he seemed like he had real sass, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Don't know why right, he put these, up with 3PO. These last questions here, David Mott and Fergus, just very similar. They say, David says, Dan, I mentioned in the last podcast that he loves Robot Wars. Who was your favourite house robot? And Fergus says, Dando, who was your favourite Robot Wars competitor? So they're quite similar. So there's competitors and there's house robots. I remember the house robots. Mm. Uh, there was, I think there was one called Sir Kilowatt that I really liked. It was kind of like a... It was like it was like a it didn't look human, but it was like a humanized version of a, of one of the, the robots, and he's just yeah he fucked people up big time. <laughs> and Dead Metal, I think, was one as well. Dead Metal seems to ring a bell. I like that house. It was like basically it was like gladiators. It's like they had the house robots and the yeah. people who came, and the house robots were always that little bit too strong for them. They always sometimes they'd get the, the house robots, and it was like, what is going on? They have beaten the house robots. Like it'd it be like someone ever. taking Vulcan. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. And then, like, occasionally Vulcan would lose, or like, he'd slip off or whatever. And the person's like, Yeah, that's right. And Vulcan's like, Motherfucker, I slipped. You want to go? You want to go again? <laughs> I'm sorry, Vulcan. Uh, when it comes to competitors, for some reason, I the slam slamo or something rings the bell. Slamo. I remember liking slamo. I used to like pick robots up and like slam them. I think. I, I think slamo <laughs> seems to ring a bell. Slamo. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, thank you for the questions, guys. All right. Also, if you aren't a patron, you want to chuck in a uh, question to the mailbag or a, a message, you can go to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. So this one comes from Jeffrey Matthews. He says, Hey, Dando and Guy, take that, Dando. <laughs> <laughs> love- the way it should be. Love the podcast. Been listening for about three years now. I think around the same time Guy's just joined because I've been making my way through the back catalogue with with Mitch, but I must say, guys, movie and TV knowledge really added a whole new dynamic to the show that I really appreciate as a movie nerd. Hey, thanks, man. Anyway, was just wondering, which Simpsons character would do you think would make for a good third chair on your podcast? Oh. Cheers and thanks for the free hours of laughs. I'm not a patron, my bad. See you in the car, Jeremy. Okay, so he <laughs> wants to know which Simpsons character would be a good third host on this podcast. Well, we just discussed that three is too many, but if we had to... Yeah. Who would be a good host on this podcast? Who would have stories? Who would go? Who would have good anecdotes? Do you think comic book guy would just be too negative all the time? Yes, um, good anecdotes. And so would Mo. Although I think he'd have maybe Brockman, Carl, Carl. Yeah, Carl and Lenny. Yeah, Carl would be the one because Carl just he does he just chime in occasionally. Like, yeah, you're fucking cool. I like you. <laughs> I like you. Yeah, Carl would be Carl would be a great one. Yeah, I think Carl would be a great host. Lenny would be. And it'd be all right, but I think Carl would be the man. Yes, yeah. I think so. Good choice. All right. Well, thank you for the question, Jeffrey. And thank you to everyone who has tuned into this week's episode of Four Finger Discount. We do appreciate all of your support. If you could continue to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod and at Four Finger Discount on Instagram. And if you haven't joined the Four Finger Discount family yet and you want to support the show and get access to a bunch, I'm talking hours upon hours upon hours of exclusive podcasts, as well as... Uh, access to our Facebook group, prize draws, the Guy Davis Noonan Championship, and much, much more. You can do so for as little as one single dollar we do per month. Just one dollar per month. If you're out there and you haven't done it, do it now. Why not? It's just one single dollar at patreon.com slash discount. The link is in the description of this podcast. Okay, next week's episode of Four Figure Discount is going to be covering the episode Diatribe of a Mad Housewife. No knowledge of what this episode is at all. I'm just going to go in fresh and see how I feel. That is next week. So Diatribe of a Mad Housewife is next week's episode of Four Finger Discount. This has been Ironoid Gruntbot. Remember, if you like Seinfeld, South Park, Friends, or Futurama, you can find those podcasts, well, three of those, available wherever you find your podcasts. We've got uh, Talking Seinfeld, Going Down to South Park, and the one about Friends. But also, by being a Four Finger Discount patron, you also get access to our exclusive Tales of Futurama podcast, where we go back and review every episode of one of my other favorite shows being Futurama. But this has been Ironoid Gruntbot. I am Dando, Mr. Davis. Any final words for our amazing listeners? Celebration's over, boys. Shh.